Yes, good evening and welcome to Forever Motorsports. We are here doing our Monday show, uh, which we have now rebranded as the Forever Formula One podcast. Uh, I think that is correct, is it not, Mark? Okay, Mark's still having some audio issues at the moment, but I'm sure he will get that sorted out very soon. We will be going over some Formula One news here today, as well as doing a bit of a review of the race that happened yesterday in Miami. Quite an exciting race uh, for some. A lot of others saying though that it was quite disappointing and a bit boring, uh, depending on who you support, of course. A great race though from Max Verstappen being able to bring himself from P9 on the grid all the way up into first position Max. Once again, as I said during the race, just pretty much like playing Formula One at 50% AI. Uh, just looks a little bit too easy for him out there at the moment. Uh, we certainly hope to have some teams fighting with him a bit more for those podium positions. 100%. Um, so I yes. am back now. Sorry, I just uh, managed to sort out my, my audio there. Yeah, indeed. Max Verstappen having a fantastic race yesterday, as Reese alludes to. But nonetheless, I'm just going to get quickly going into, of course, uh, the Forever Weekly uh, podcast, of course, that's now starting and rebranding is that this week. And our major news item, well, not major news item, but our title of the video is that of Fernando Alonso. He's having a little dig at Esteban Ocon, his previous teammate, uh, after praising Lance Stroll for not targeting him. And uh, as I said, it's a little bit art, little article just to go over. And of course, if you guys are joining us for the first time, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video. And uh, of course, we stream all of the F1 races and do watch alongs and lots of F1 news on the channel. So be sure to stick around and uh, ask us some questions in the chat as well. So let's go through this article here. So Fernando Alonso has heaped praise on Aston Martin F1 teammate Lance Stroll while having a dig at ex-teammate Esteban Ocon. Uh, Alonso continued his remarkable start to life with Aston Martin in F1 2023 with a fourth podium finish in five races, all of them finishing in third. His former team Alpine have only scored 14 points uh, in the opening five races of the year, leaving them sixth overall in the Constructors' Championship. Uh, compared to former teammate Ocon, Alonso is enjoying a more positive relationship with Stroll. During the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, Alonso was heard over Team Radio giving Stroll advice with a brake balance setting tweak, while the Canadian decided not to attack his veteran teammate during the early stages of the race. Alonso was asked why he's prepared to help Stroll. He replied, yes, I tried to help Lance, but we cannot forget that he's very smart. And he's a driver that I think as a teammate, as we saw in Baku, we spoke about maybe saving tires. We didn't know exactly in sprint formation how long those tires would last. We, uh, we were saving tires and he said, I will not attack Fernando. Last year I had like maybe the opposite. Always, you know, my teammate, like the first target was me. So that was obviously not beneficial for the team. So I think Lance is playing a part in this relationship. So just having a little dig at Ocon there in terms of saying that uh, last year, Ocon wasn't necessarily being a team player. So, yeah, I mean, any thoughts with regards to that? Well, I think that's a bit understandable coming from Ocon's point of view. He's obviously the the longest standing driver in the team compared to Fernando Alonso, even though Alonso was, of course, involved in the team back in its Renault days. Uh, Ocon just maybe feeling that when he was in the team, it was his team, not Alonso's team. So, he, I mean, Alonso is also super, super experienced and possibly oh, oh, Ocon just didn't think he needed any assistance at all. Indeed. And uh, just going on with the article here goes, it says Alonso is also convinced Stroll 
as what it takes to become the team's leader in the coming years when he ultimately retires. Right now, maybe I'm more prepared to fight for the championship because I've been in this position and fighting with top, top cars and at the front. But as I said, you know, I will drive for a few years, uh, for a few more years, not, not many, and I think Lance will drive for many more. If I can help, I will be happy. So Fernando Alonso, they're going and saying he's very willing to help his teammate Lance Stroll and believes that Lance Stroll is primed and ready to take over from Alonso and uh, become the leading uh, driver of Aston Martin. And do you think that's exactly the case? Or do you think Aston Martin will continue this trend that they've recently done, of course, with Vettel and then moving on to Fernando Alonso? Do you not think maybe out of nowhere Hamilton, when he leaves Mercedes, actually goes to Aston Martin? That could be uh, all these fun sort of things, of course, taking the old champions. Well, I, I think Hamilton would only ever consider a move to uh, Aston Martin if they do still have that competitive edge over Mercedes. I mean, you'd be a bit stupid to move from Mercedes, a multiple championship winning team, to rather a new team in Aston Martin. Of course, they have had experience under their, their old team names, but Aston Martin as a team still relatively new to the sport. Yeah, as I said, just a little speculation, but nonetheless, an interesting little article there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately we're going to be looking at the Miami Grand Prix, Grand Prix weekend in terms of uh, the, the reviewing it and, and all of the things that happened over the weekend. Now, who were the winners of the weekend? Well, of course, one of the biggest winners being Max Verstappen. Uh, after having such a dismal qualifying session on Saturday evening down to Charles Leclerc's uh, crash in qualifying, he started, of course, down in P9 and then had a brilliant race on a set of hards going all the way to lap 47 out of 57, or was it maybe about 48 or 49, actually, that he went until making his first stop of the race. Just had a great race, had it, well, having so much pace on that set of old hards. Uh, we saw how Sergio Perez wasn't able to match his time, uh, well, his fastest lap times on a set of new hards. Yeah, as you said, Verstappen having a fantastic race yesterday and a great strategy to stay on those hard tyres for so long. Uh, then moving on to the mediums just right at the end there, staying ahead of teammate uh, Perez or managing to get past him at least on a fresher set of better tyres, of course. And uh, so Red Bull were very much, of course, winners in their own right anyway, just not just with Verstappen. Of course, Perez came second and Max Verstappen took the fastest lap of the day. So they got the most points that were available to them over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I mean, other teams that, that won, would you say uh, Aston Martin are there and thereabouts? Or would you say it was a bit of a... Yes, hit and miss, because literally the hit was with Fernando Alonso, a little bit of a miss with Lance Stroll not getting any points, of course. Yes, definitely a disappointing day for Lance Stroll, but on the opposite end of the garage, Fernando Alonso having another great race weekend. Still, though, quite far off the pace of the Red Bulls. Uh, Fernando Alonso finishing, I think it was over 20 seconds behind Sergio Perez. Yeah, I mean, it, it just... So it could, be a, it could be a bit of a win for them, but it's also still... A massive wake-up call that those Red Bulls are still so far up the road from everyone else. And yet, from Alonso to the next drive after that, which was Russell, there was another big gap of about almost eight seconds uh, that uh, that built up between the two of them for quite a while. So that Aston Martin was so much slower than those Red Bulls, as we pointed out, still ahead of the rest of the field. Yes. Um, interestingly, that we didn't see the Ferraris making too much of a... An appearance yesterday we saw a couple moves with Carlos Sainz and Fernando Alonso but then Carlos Sainz just seemed to to fall down the grid a bit 
Charles Leclerc, luckily having a bit of a better afternoon than his qualifying session, he started in P6, I believe it was. Uh, Charles Leclerc started in P6, yeah. No, seven. Yeah. Seven. P7, yeah. Seven. Uh, still not having a brilliant race out there, falling so far back on the start. He, he just looked like he had no pace in that car. And speaking after the race, the two Ferrari drivers have now just come to a conclusion that their car is undrivable on the limit, which is certainly not something you want to hear from Ferrari, well, for Ferrari fans at least. No, not at all. As I say, Ferrari I was going to go to as a potential loser of the weekend, even though they did finish in, uh, I think it was 7th and 5th respectively, or was it 6th and 4th? Uh, no, 6th no, the... and 5th, so 7th and 5th. Um, so no, 8th and 6th. Perhaps. Oh, my word. I, I, I do apologize. Yeah, Reese will put it up quickly. But um, yes, nonetheless, not, not getting as many points as they might well have, have, have hoped. And they didn't really challenge anybody. And there's Aston Martin, the, the Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso at least, uh, certainly looked a much quicker car than that Ferrari. So big concerns in that Ferrari team. Uh, they're really not challenging anything. And the only team that seemed to make a, a little bit of headway in terms of the weekend was perhaps Mercedes. Um, Lewis Hamilton starting quite mm -hmm. low down, of course, all the way down in P13. He didn't make it into Q3, uh, but then managed to work his way all the way up into the points relatively well. And uh, George Russell in fourth place. Uh, so not too bad for the Mercedes team there, racking in some decent points at least. Yes, it was a lot of damage limitation yesterday for the Mercedes outfit, uh, with Lewis Hamilton finishing up in sixth position after starting down in 13th. Definitely a, a bit of a best day for him in the race than in qualifying. Charles Leclerc, though, finishing in seventh place. I've just got the the order here in front of me. And, of course, as you said already, uh, George Russell finishing in fourth with Charles, uh, Carlos Sainz close behind him. Sorry, getting a bit confused with names here. <laughs> no problem. But, yeah, I mean, so Mercedes, again, I'd say it's a, a all right weekend, but still not great. Of course, they want to be right near the top. They want to be challenging Red Bull and, 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 and the like, and they're not able to do that as of yet. But still, I mean, they had quite a few issues over the weekend. Lots of uh, um, complaints from both drivers about the same sort of issues with rattling in the front and not having a, and a whole lot of vibrations about the car and different sort of Vibrations issues. on the braking as well. They mm. did not sound very happy in those Mercedes cars. And that's possibly why they are so far off the lead. I mean, just looking at the splits here, George Russell, 33 seconds off of Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, 51 seconds off of Lewis, uh, off of Max Verstappen there. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, we, we want to look at uh, sort of pace things and we say, oh, well, Lewis Hamilton started so far down the grid and so did Charles, um, Charles Leclerc started only up in, in, in eighth or seventh uh, on the grid. And Max Verstappen, however, started in ninth. So it wasn't exactly too far away from Hamilton, and yet he just found so much pace, of course, in that Red Bull. I mean, it still amazes me how that Red Bull is just so much quicker. Nobody can make any strides in getting closer to that Red Bull car. That has been what has surprised me the most this season. I mean, we knew Red Bull were coming into the season with a massive handicap with that um, penalty from the, the cost cap breach last year, uh, having that reduced... Uh, aerodynamic testing time in the in their wind tunnels and it just still has not seemed to affect them at all just yet hopefully it will affect them a bit further in the season myself being a Red Bull fan we don't want to see them running away with a championship already being so far ahead in the points we want to see on track action throughout the season going all the way to the to the last lap of the last race of the season exactly and I think I think still I mean yes 
we started to say, oh, Red Bull are already running away with it, and it's just pointless uh, watching. A lot of people saying it's already pointless with Red Bull. But again, this is only round five. There are 23 rounds. We've never had so many races in a season. 23 races. There's still a hell of a lot that can happen. And uh, yes, it's still quite likely that Red Bulls will do well in all of those weekends, likely finishing one, two, four. The next three, four rounds at minimum, which will take them close to that halfway stage, being firmly in the front. But if either one of the teams uh, between Aston Martin, Mercedes and Ferrari can somehow, somehow sort out the issues, the most likely of those teams probably being Mercedes, um, if they can sort out those issues before they get to that halfway stage and they start really competing with the Red Bull, it suddenly makes the season still right on the edge there because if you start seeing race wins for other teams, you know, Red Bull could start dropping points relatively quickly in terms of, of keeping that gap so massive. So it's still a lot of racing to be done for the year. So Red Bull will certainly not be uh, uh, too, uh, too relaxed as of yet, of course. They know they're well out in front at the moment, but they can't afford to take their foot off the pedal because any slip up and any big gain made from another team would result in Red Bull really starting to have to have to really work hard to stay ahead. Well, I think they've got a bit of a big enough buffer at this point. They're over 100 points ahead in the Constructors' Championship. Uh, it, it's unacceptable so early on in the season. It's been five races, and Red Bull are already running away with it. Yeah, but I mean, again, as I say, there are 18 more races. Max Verstappen crashes in the next race. Perez gets taken out. Same race. Boom. Both of them don't finish. That's a potential almost 50 points not gained for Red Bull and 50 points that get up for grabs for other teams. You know, 50, you know, 50 points in a single race weekend or up to 50 points at least. Um, you know, it's a lot of points you can potentially lose for Red Bull. Of course, the likelihood of both drivers crashing out. Very, very unlikely. And of course, they'll both be very cautious of going into that. But it's, it's those sort of things. The small things can happen still, of course. Yes, of course, small things can still happen. But I, I'm just looking here at the current driver's standings. Max Verstappen in first position with 119 points. Uh... Sergio Perez behind him with 105. Their closest competitor is Fernando Alonso. How many points do you think he has, Mark? Fernando Alonso's got 70, does he not? 75 points. Yeah, Still that's not too so far. far but I mean, he's 20, He's 30 points off of Sergio Perez. Ah, but it means that's that Sergio, over. But if I may say, if, if Sergio Perez goes and crashes in, in, in a race, then it means that and, and Fernando Alonso comes at least second or, at, or maybe even somehow out of nowhere comes first, that's 25 points. And suddenly he's right on his Then they, well, yes. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it's still very early on in the season and we're already having the Red Bulls running away with it. Oh, I know. But we've got to keep the, uh, the drama up a little bit. We can't be all doom and gloom for the rest of the field. We have to hope that somehow issues will be sorted out there but when we talk about issues i think there's one team in particular we have to always allude to and that is the dramatic 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 downfall of the orange machine mclaren reese i mean i, I don't know about you it's it's shocking yes mclaren have really really fallen from where they were a few years ago i mean they were competing for podiums they competed for a race win in in monza one year with daniel ricardo now they are really all the way at the back of the grid yeah and i've just got an article pulled up here with regards to mclaren and just the woes they are facing so mclaren face another reality check 
as poor Miami F1 showing stalls the Baku progress. McLaren have been served a reality check by its poor performance in Formula 1's 2023 Miami Grand Prix that offsets its progress that they made in Baku, according to team boss Andrea Stella. Lando Norris lost an estimated 0.2 seconds per lap in Florida following a turn one hit from Nick DeVries that damaged his floor. He finished 17th as Oscar Piastri classified in 19th. The team had considered retiring Piastri altogether as the rookie worked to manage spiking brake temperatures while a fix for a brake by wire hydraulic system fault was sought. Uh, with that misfortune arriving straight after nine, uh, a 9th and 11th result in Azerbaijan when a revised floor was introduced, the dismal Miami showing has brought McLaren back down to earth. Team principal Stella said, The main takeaway is that after a decent weekend in Baku from a performance point of view, we had a reality check. The information we gained here helps us understand that some development directions still need to be pursued, like improvising, uh, improve, improving, sorry, improvising, like improving the car in off brakes off throttle. At the moment, the car just doesn't work in this condition. At tracks like this, this becomes too much of a limitation. Uh, the Italian added that McLaren's only shot at major progress in the race would have come from an incident to induce a safety car and shake-up strategy. But the full 57 laps ran without a retirement or a single yellow flag incident. Yes, certainly a very interesting race in the fact that we didn't have any safety cars or any offs at all for any of the drivers. I mean, I was certainly expecting something here in Miami. Uh, we've seen last year how it, it, it's so easy to to make a small mistake and take yourself out of the race. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just I, I just I just still can't believe McLaren's like inability to 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 do anything at this point in time. They really are really struggling. And as novice, are you are you staying at McLaren? Unfortunately, he signed into a multi-year contract, so he doesn't have much of a choice. And but unless another out. team buys him out. <laughs> no, I mean which which team would buy him out? Well, Red Bull were interested in, in him, I think, a year or two ago, but he has really turned that down. I don't think they're going to come knocking back at his door right now. They've got Daniel Ricardo waiting in the wings to take over from anyone who, who falters. So I don't think Red Bull are gonna come looking at uh giving Landon Norris a seat anytime soon. Maybe his biggest uh biggest opportunity is possibly Audi. Yeah, that's not actually a bad shot. Audi need a big drive, of course, when they should join, but that's still three years away. So uh lots of uh, time between then and uh, Yes, now. and already that is looking like the seat will go to Carlos Sainz Jr. Of course, Carlos Sainz Sr. being quite a big figure with Alpha with Audi and their rally division. Yeah, so uh It'll be interesting if Carlos Sainz does go across to the German Audi um, team that will join F1 in 2026. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing that team. Hopefully that team will cause another uh, competitor in terms of the Red Bull environment. And uh, that would be something we very much look forward to. But of course, um, you know, the teammate of Sergio Perez, Verstappen, uh, is being talked about after that Miami Grand Prix in terms of uh, what they can do this season as a result of their just sheer dominance. And study straight. As Kevin said, Verstappen surpasses the F1 elite, Red Bull dominant, uh, dominate disastrous rivals. And uh, yeah, 
I mean, we've gone go and look at uh, at this article here, and it says Verstappen puts one hand on the championship already. It was an interesting race from a Red Bull perspective, and I think there's no doubt now that they're going to be champions in both constructors and drivers' championships. Max Verstappen showed that he's got the pace to come back in a race, irrespective of where he starts. The qualifying red flags was bad luck for a few drivers, but it certainly was for Max having lost his first qualifying lap and not having the time to get a second one. But he proved that he can come back from the ninth position on the grid. Within 10 laps, he was up into the podium positions and he worked his tires beautifully. Um... Just going on for the Red Bull on course for domination, it goes and says, I think the Constructors' Championship is over, and it's only a matter of how many points Red Bull is going to win the title by. Uh, this is, of course, Stoddy Strait who's speaking. Uh, going back to 2014 to 2015, if you compare it to those glory years at Mercedes, this is as good as, if not better, than that. Of course, Adrian Newey re-signing another contract this week shows that the Dream Team is staying together. So, with that stability, I don't see anything changing in the pecking order anytime soon. And uh, would you have to agree with him? Well, yes, of course. I mean, Red Bull have been unbeatable so far this year. The only time that they are possibly going to be able to be beaten is if they have mechanical failures. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I mean, we had the tiniest no. of complaints from both drivers every now and then about small, small things that often don't seem to actually result in any loss in time or any... I mean, th those cars have just been put together immaculately. It's so impressive. Well, you say that, but Max Verstappen is supposedly already on his, uh, I think it is his third or fourth uh, gearbox for the season. Uh, whether that's them rotating gearboxes to minimize wear, or if, if that is just having to change gearboxes because they've got so much wear, that is a bit of an unknown at the moment. But we could see them taking some penalties further down the, the season for new gearboxes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something we're certainly going to have to uh, have a good look at and uh Reece, do you have any other articles you want to talk about before i move on to my next uh i just have an article here about mercedes total wolf just downplaying their next upgrade unfortunately uh lewis hamilton hoping for a major major upgrade coming in imola which has been scheduled by the brackley team of mercedes lewis is hoping that the, the upgrades will give him at least a second uh, uh a second of improvements compared to the current car but total wolf already downplaying it saying that it should give them a good baseline car which already doesn't sound so great but only saying it's going to be around half a second quicker than their current spec car so i mean half a second is that enough to really challenge red bull i mean let me pull up the qualifying times for saturday and see if half a second well, whilst you're doing that, that of course, sure. we do have a comment here from CK Gaming ZA. And he says, question, if Mercedes as a car did have the reliability and just a better car, would Hamilton have reached seven titles? Uh, in my opinion, everyone... Well, yes, he has reached seven titles already. <laughs> um, uh, in my opinion, everyone keeps comparing him with Shumi. Hamilton doesn't come close. Now, would you go with that? Would you say Hamilton doesn't come close to the talent of Schumacher? I don't think you can compare them. Of course, Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton having immense amounts of talent for driving a car. We just see how they're able to extract every ounce of performance in a competitive car. Of course, if you put Michael Schumacher in an uncompetitive car, he's also going to be in the same position as Lewis Hamilton. I mean, there's only so much you can do with a car that is underperforming compared to your rivals. Uh, whether they whether Hamilton is better than Schumacher or Schumacher is better than Hamilton, 
we won't really ever get to see that unless you see both of them on a track together, which unfortunately will never happen. I know it will. We'll see Schumacher back on the grid next season. <laughs> Wrong, Schumacher. <laughs> Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think, as you say, it's very difficult to compare. They're both drivers in different eras. I think also Hamilton has, has, has done a lot in terms of, of showing the sheer pace and, and ability of an F1 car, whereas um, Michael Schumacher was such a good racer in his own right in terms of, uh, of, of battling it out in, in, in hard, in, in a much... In a much more different uh, Formula One era, of course, Schumacher started the modern era of Formula One as we see it now, and Hamilton is the one who succeeded in it uh, up until this point. Whereas in the previous era, of course, Schumacher dominated those eras, uh, that uh, those years anyway. So it's very difficult to to compare the two. But I think certainly anybody who says uh, Hamilton shouldn't be considered as one of the greatest F1 drivers would would surely have to be a little bit thick. Let's be honest. I mean, surely you'd have to put him right up there. He's won seven titles for Pete's sake. Okay, so just going back to the conversation, if half a second of improvements will bring the Mercedes into contention here, George Russell will take him as the benchmark because, benchmark because Lewis Hamilton did not have the graces of qualifying sessions on Saturday. George Russell's fastest time at 127.8. Sorry. Um, so that is still way, way off the pace of the fastest quality time. What do you think the fastest quality time was on Saturday? It was it 26.9, wasn't it? 26.8, still well over half a second ahead of George Russell. Yeah. So even half a second is not going to bring them into contention for, for the top of the timesheets. No, and I think that's that's what's scary. And of course, you know, with regards to that, though, at the same time, the track was evolving. So, you know, we don't know. Different tracks might have different times. But as you say, the half a second is really not going to make that much of a difference on these Red Bull cars. They just seem to be so, so immensely quick. So... Yeah, lots of work still to do for Mercedes. But, uh, of course, Miami, let's just have a talk about Miami just one more time, just with regards to a couple of things that, uh, uh, that's that been elaborated on since the race finished yesterday, of course. And uh, one of those is the obscene uh, pre-race ceremony they had in Miami. And the F1 drivers have hit out at the distracting uh, scene that did take place in Miami. A number of Formula 1 racers have hit out at the distracting pre-race ceremonial grid introduction used ahead of of the 2023 Miami Grand Prix that none of the drivers like. A temporary gantry that faced away from the grid was erected on the main straight where American Raptor, rapper LL Cool J uh, presented each driver to the fans ahead of the US national anthem. Meanwhile, Will I Am led an orchestra that performed his and Lil Wayne's new airfine inspired song, The Formula, which was released on the Saturday of the Miami Grand Prix weekend. Uh, owing to the revised format, drivers were summoned 23 minutes prior to the planned race start compared to the 16 minutes of the more traditional anthem ceremony used previously in Baku. But the changes garnered an, a cold reception from drivers who voiced reservations in a briefing on Friday night as they viewed the procedure to be too long and are reluctant to see a repeat. Russell calls out the distracting show. Uh, he says, I'm here to race. I'm not here for the show. I'm here to drive and I'm here to win. It is distracting because we are on the grid for half an hour in all of our overalls in the sun. I don't think there's any other sports in the world that 30 minutes before you go out to do your business, you're out there in the sun, all the cameras on you and making a bit of a show of it. I can appreciate that in the entertainment world, but as, as I said, we only want the best for the sport. We're open to changes, but I guess we wouldn't want to see it every weekend. The thing I love every single race is the national anthem. That pumps you up and it's sort of respectful to the country that we're racing at. Mixed feelings on, an, on the additional show. 
so your thoughts with regards to that as well? Yes, I mean, all of these drivers, they're athletes. They are performing at the peak of what drivers can do. I mean, it is the top of the top of motorsports, of course. And we're seeing them being just paraded around for, for a spectacle. I mean, it's absurd, really. They're not actors. They're not these superstars who, who have to have their egos uh, pumped up before a race. They, they want to be on their own. They want to be listening to their music. They want to be focusing and getting ready for the race. They don't want to be being paraded around. They've already done that on the back of a truck, being taken around the entire circuit. Now they have to, to do this. And it's just, it looked very unpolished, very unformula one like and very very distracting from the race and for me as, as i say and and not to insult any americans it looked very american which was of course plastic, it was. It, fake that's very exactly forced. what it was for it was very forced it was like oh look at look at this and and, and the sort of stuff like trying to create a show as if the main sport isn't good enough which is exactly what we get used to in america of course uh america do have some of the worst sports in the world to watch i have watched some of them personally in in person and they are deadly dull, which is why they have all these big other shows and uh, entertainment around it, because they need some way of keeping the fans' interest. But Formula One has got enough going on. They don't need to add all this rubbish. They really don't. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, just leave the format as it is. Don't bring in all of this nonsense, really, that just detracts from, from the, the show of Formula One. I mean, exactly. I understand they're trying to pump up the show for the American audiences, but it's been fine for years. Don't change it just to appeal to the American market. I understand they, they've got all these new fans from Drive to Survive. Either they take the sport as it is, or they aren't meant to watch Formula One. Correct. As I say, I think most people would stay anyway. They don't, some of them, I'm sure most of the fans and the half of American fans didn't want those pre-race shows either. So, exactly. So don't try and uh, do things that you don't understand. Just leave the race as it is. Just one last comment, Chan. It says, will South Africa... This is a completely separate thing. Just, uh, just, just to end off the end off the talk. We talked about Miami. We we know what's happened there. We know the winners and the losers of, uh, of course, the the, the weekend. Uh, but just one last comment, which again is a little bit of a. We've gone over it many times, but uh, it's uh, will South Africa ever see the Formula One in the future? And uh, Reese, <laughs> well, there's been a lot of talks over the past 10, 15 years. I mean, there was huge talks of them having it possibly in Cape Town similar to the Formula E circuit, but going through the, the World Cup uh, stadium, that would have been incredible to watch, but that never came to fruition. Then we had a lot of rumours going around about the the Kailami Formula 1 circuit once again hosting a Formula 1 race. They got so, so close to putting pen to paper and signing a, a final deal for that race. And then in typical South African fashion, there was just someone got greedy and the whole deal fell through. So... At the moment, it doesn't look like we are going to get a South African Grand Prix for the near future. Yeah, not not at least for the next couple of years. But given the fact that it got so close to happening, I'm sure that that F1 as a global sport, you know, it always talks about bringing in all these different countries and stuff. The fact that they do not have a single race on the African continent is surely yes. something that's going to sting. So no other country in Africa really is going to compete for that. The only audience that is truly with the motorsport fans, we've seen esports, um, we've seen the, the Gipri come here, we've seen MotoGP has come here, every now, has, has come before. We've had history with regards to Formula One. 
South Africa is about the only nation in the entirety of the continent that can put on a Formula One race. So given the fact that we are the only continent uh, which doesn't have a race, one would imagine that uh, the, the conversation would, would, would be started relatively easily if we ever did try to take it seriously again. Yes, for sure. I mean, the South African fans are certainly desperate to have a Formula One race. We haven't had it here since I think it's probably the 80s, uh, yeah. possibly earlier than that. I mean, myself being a, a South African Formula One fan, I'd love to see Formula One coming back to Kailami. Uh, I was certainly extremely excited to hear that they were back in talks about signing the Kailami Grand Prix to be on the, the Formula One calendar. But yes, Unfortunately, you get your hopes, hopes up and you just get let down. Yeah. Unfortunately, greed ruined that all for us. We could have seen the Carolina Grand Prix next year, but oh well. Not it could have to been be, even this year. Yeah, not to be as of yet. But hopefully we can still hold our thumbs and say maybe Cape Town. Maybe Cape Town. Because uh, maybe they can go and put on something having put on the EPRI uh, earlier this year already. So maybe that's a good tester for formula one coming soon nonetheless guys thank you so much for tuning into our weekly podcast now as we're calling it our weekly podcast the forever f1 uh forever f1 weekly or the f1 i can't even remember the name we'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> but uh thank you guys so much for joining Reese, any final comments uh of the week that we've just had uh no not too much just once again just reiterating the fact that we need some more competition for the front of the grid. I mean, it's great to have Fernando Alonso up in third place yet again, but we want to see him fighting for second, fighting for first. We don't want to have these Red Bulls running away with the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, not not too much to add on that. All right, yeah, I, I completely agree, as I say. Hopefully other teams can find some serious pace somehow out of nowhere to Imola. We will not have Reese uh, in the next... Uh, couple of weeks of F1 stuff. As a result, Reese is going all the way to Italy. And guess what? He will be on the ground at Imola for us. And of course, we will try and make a little bit of use of that, hopefully. Uh, Reese, do be sure to enjoy that Grand Prix. We are all of us very, very jealous. We'd all like to be in your shoes and be at Imola watching all of the F1 drivers race around the track in Italy. Uh, so until... Well, let's hope then... there's some good weather. It might be raining, but <laughs> either way, I'm going to be standing on the side of the track come rain or shine. Exactly. That's exactly how we all feel. Uh, so you do be sure to enjoy that. We will, of course, be streaming our side here. Hopefully, I'll try and find a friend who can do it with me. Otherwise, I'm going to feel very alone here without you doing it with me. Uh, nonetheless, You'll guys... survive. Don't worry. <laughs> thank you so much for watching our weekly show, the weekly podcast. Reese has been Reese. I have been Mark. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video, and uh, comment what you want to see in the future down below if you're watching the recorded version. And uh, thank you guys. Have a fantastic week. We will see you soon in Imola. Bye-bye.